Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. Elizabeth City, North Carolina is just a few miles boat ride down the Pasquotank River, through the Albemarle Sound, and out through the Atlantic Ocean. Just a stone's throw from Elizabeth City State University and a short drive to the U.S. Coast Guard base, we're clocking in today with the voice of manufacturing from Hoffer Flow Controls, who have just celebrated 50 years as a high-technology component pioneer here in the northeast part of our state. We're talking today with Bob Carroll, who is the president and COO of Hoffer Flow. Bob, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. How are you doing today? Doing just fine. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah, good. You know, it's always nice to start with a name, Hoffer Flow Controls. What does that tell us about this exciting company? Does it describe anything about the company and what you do? Well, uh, Hoffer is Mr. Ken Hoffer, who's the founder of the company. And he originated the company in New Jersey, northern Jersey, 50 years ago, as you'd mentioned, uh, this year literally in the garage of his mother's house in that particular case and grew the business from there. Ken had been employed with a manufacturer of uh, precision measuring instruments called Potter Aeronautical after he came out of the Air Force at the end of uh, the Korean conflict. And Potter was sort of the, the pioneer for the electronic version of the turbine flow meter used for liquids and, and gas flow measurements and Potter had been particularly successful with the development of that technology for use on long-range escort fighters during World War II. So after that business closed, Ken started uh, Hoffer Flow Controls and grew it from that, that home garage situation to a, a small office operation there in northern New Jersey, but he always wanted to have his own manufacturing plant, and so he eventually migrated the company down here to Elizabeth City. The company itself and what we do uh, still today is is to design and build uh, a lot of custom and, and also standard product precision flow measurement devices used, again, for measuring gases and also liquids primarily in industrial situations, also in military applications, and aerospace as well. So we're typically used when somebody needs to know very precisely how much fluid has passed through the flow meter, whether it's being used to fill up a tank for a batching application, or to measure the flow rate for more of a continuous process operation. Yeah, it sounds good, and it's obviously that this business was started by a brilliant individual, but I see that your last name is not Hoffer, and you've been around for about 20 years. Tell me a little bit about your journey to where you are today. 
Well, uh, I'm, I'm a degreed mechanical engineer, and I originally worked in the oil and gas industry and drilling machinery when I got out of college. Uh, lived in Houston for a few years doing that. And then in, oh gosh, 1988, I took a job with a small company in the Dallas area, back in Dallas, uh, which is hometown for me company that was uh, building a flow meter, a different type of flow meter called a positive displacement flow meter, but also specialized in that it was designed specifically for measuring really viscous fluids. So that's kind of how I got my start in this industry and was there for about 10 years. I'd been a, a part owner and, and we were selling the company and, and I was looking for something different to do. Now I had known uh, the Hoffer family through meeting them at trade shows and so forth over the years. And they were in need of a national sales manager about the same time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the next part of my life. And so I agreed to, to come here for that position. Things sort of evolved from there to make a really long story short. Mm-hmm. And about the last 14 years, I've held the, the title of president and then COO for the last three years. Yeah. So, Things have to flow in order to need a flow meter. So is it all commercial or is there other places I might would use a flow meter for? Could I buy it at Home Depot? Uh, flow meter at Home Depot. I don't know. You can buy it in a Granger catalog, <sighs> but the odds are around your home, you're going to have at least uh, a good chance you'll have two flow meters, three if you want to get a little broad with your definition, a most homes and apartment units are equipped with a water flow meter from a utility company. Different type of technology, but it is a flow meter to measure the flow and totalize it so you can get your bill and they can get paid, obviously. The other would be uh, gas. We have natural gas. They have a, a type of flow meter. A couple of three different technologies are used for that these days, again, to measure the consumption of the gas coming into your home. And even an electric meter sort of considered a, uh, it's kind of like a flow meter. They're, you're flowing electrons there, obviously, as opposed to some sort of a, a liquid or gas. But uh, those would be more common examples of what folks would associate with a, a flow meter. The ones we sell are more for industrial customers. And also, we sell a lot of them for use uh, with the military, and in particular with the, uh, the U.S. Navy are good customers of ours. And then also in specialized aerospace applications and, and a lot of specialized oil and gas applications as well. Yeah, I think we spoke a little bit about your products, maybe a bit more extraterrestrial. I think there's a lot of space application to that. Can you talk about that market and where that's going? Yes. For many years, Hoffer Flow Controls has been involved in the measurement of uh, what are called cryogenic liquids. And this would be things like liquid oxygen and and liquid uh, nitrogen, uh, liquid hydrogen. These are are gases that are supercooled down to a liquid state. And you you might see a a transport tanker for these going up and down the highway, uh, delivering this to industrial sites and and liquid oxygen to hospitals, for example, as as a breathing gas. Well, those... Fluids were one of the earliest applications that that Ken Hoffer had developed uh, a system for. And today it's still a very important application for us, supplying flow meters that go on those delivery trucks. That experience led us to working with NASA uh, back in the 1970s, starting in the 1970s, 
because those same fluids, liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen, are also used as rocket fuel. So they're not the easiest thing in the world to measure because they are super cold. Liquid oxygen is about minus 350 degrees Fahrenheit, and liquid hydrogen is down closer to minus 400 Fahrenheit, a little bit below that, actually. So they have a lot of challenges in that respect, but we started working with NASA on that, evolved from basically doing laboratory-type applications to rocket engine testing, particularly at at Huntsville when the... uh, Saturn program was there, and then evolving from that, the, the space shuttle program, which eventually moved down to the Stennis Space Center in Mississippi, where today most of the engine testing is done still by NASA. That, in turn, led to our getting phone calls in the last few years from the private space launch industry, folks like SpaceX and, and Blue Origin, for example, Virgin Galactic. They had the same applications, the same needs. And they're currently extremely busy with uh, development of, of new engine technologies, more efficient engines, and so forth for their, for their launch programs as well. More recently, uh, Hoffer has been involved with a project with NASA for a mission called Restore-L. And this is a mission that will demonstrate the capability of a, a group of technologies that NASA has been developing the last several years that will enable a a space vehicle to go out and rendezvous with and capture a satellite while in orbit in order to refuel it. Um, Now these are not cryogenic fuels we're talking about in this case. These are what they call hypergolic, um, something like hydrazine for example. Uh, Those fuels are needed in order to keep the, the satellites on station in orbit and at some point when satellites run out of fuel, that's when they have to be deorbited. And that's usually what brings them to the end of their life cycle. So if you could go out and grab those satellites and, and figure out a way to refuel them, because they were never really designed to be refueled in orbit, then you can extend the life of them. So that's what NASA is attempting to demonstrate now with these different technologies they've been developing. And one of those is a fluid transfer system that will utilize one of our uh, flow meters, a very customized uh, design that we've been working with them on now for about the last couple of years and plan to hopefully get all that shipped, fingers crossed, uh, here in uh, the first half of uh, 2020. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing (laughs) that we're going capturing satellites. So I was actually uh, at another plant this week and I saw one of your meters and uh, they were talking about, you know, how large of a flow that that meter could handle. And that they, you know, that was one of the biggest things that they could measure, you know, with the mm-hmm. one that you had. And so I was I was thinking about what you had talked to me the other day about, you know, it's not always how fast, but also how slow uh, the flow is. And I think you're getting into more things that measure really, really slow flows. Why, why would that be? Well, very low flow measurement is important for certain applications. For example, uh, just something that, that people would probably have a little more familiarity with would be uh, flavors and fragrances, things that are used for in, in the food processing industry, in particular with flavors. Those are, are special fluids that are, that are manufactured by certain companies, and they're very expensive, and they're very concentrated. So it doesn't take a lot 
in order to get the desired effect on on a, a particular batch. So they need to dispense just a very little bit, and therefore for them, uh, low flow measurement is, is really critical. Another one would be uh, folks who are doing experiments, what we call pilot plant testing uh, in industrial plants to develop new processes. So they'll start with an idea and build a small model of a, of a chemical process, for example, and um, part of that is going to typically require the need to, to measure some fluids that are, that are being involved with that process. So again, small scale, small flows. Yes. Yeah, so uh, when we walk through your factory, Bob, we see different types of machining equipment along with special pieces of test equipment. And so obviously you need kind of a wide range of uh, people helping you here, like with creative brain power, and there's also specialized technicians to make things work successfully. Are you challenged like other manufacturers to get the important workers that you need? Well, yes, uh, I would say the in, in general that is a, a true statement. Uh, we've been fairly blessed in this particular area that the the local community college system has had some uh, good programs in place for quite a while for machinists. And we've taken advantage of that for really the entire time that the company has been here in Elizabeth City since 1992. And that program continues to help supply us with with folks every now and then. We have an intern from that program working for us right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, Beyond that, yes, it it gets a little difficult. I'd say probably electronic technicians uh, are are a bit of a challenge to, to find. And the competition in this area has gotten a lot stiffer uh, in the last few years with the uh, expansion and, and uh, uh, of activities at the, at the Coast Guard base, which has brought in additional contractors. And one of the reasons they've been attracted here was because of the expanded aerospace technology school that uh, also that the uh, local community college system had, had started here. Elizabeth City State University as well has been expanding their technical program. So there's a little more resource based for folks who are more in um, the engineering side uh, of things as well. So, yes, there has been a, an expansion in demand, and the demand has outstripped the supply to some degree. No yeah. question about it. So, you're hiring engineers, I can see, because you're doing a lot of design work. Do, do they come locally, or where do you get them from? Uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. We have one engineer who is with us that made the original move from New Jersey. And we have one gentleman who's our engineering manager that uh, was hired about the time the company moved down here. And he's originally from Poland by way of Chicago. So, yes, we we tend to have to cast a fairly wide net uh, in order to find the people we need. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, you mentioned a little bit uh, when we were talking about your markets is the oil and gas. Uh, and I know that that's kind of been fluctuating for you over the years. Can you talk a little bit about the direction you see in that industry and how you might be able to kind of pick up there or not? Well, if I had that kind of crystal ball, I'd be you know, <laughs> doing futures on, on the uh, stock or stock exchange for oil and gas companies probably. It's, it's very hard to say. Uh, it, there's, a, there's a lot of different elements to the oil and gas sector. And one that has been the biggest for us the last several years has been primarily in the offshore sector. 
where we did a lot of custom design work for subsea flow meters. Uh, these are literally flow meters designed to go down to the bottom of the ocean to work with the, the drilling equipment in particular. And that activity has definitely cut back substantially from what it was, uh, certainly in the Gulf of Mexico. There are some other deep water basins around the world that, that continue to be somewhat active, but not as active as they used to be. I would say that they're probably still a few years away from seeing a significant uptick in that uh, sector. The, the oil and gas companies have gotten a lot more picky, shall we say, about what projects they're willing to do based upon the economics and being able to support them at the price of oil that uh, we see today, which is typically floating between you know, high $40 per barrel up to $60 a barrel. And nobody really is forecasting that it's going to go out of that range much in the, in the next few years. The, um, the shale boom in the United States in particular has pretty well put a cap on, on the price of uh, oil here, it looks like, for the next, next several years anyway. So looking ahead, I, I think you had mentioned that you have a good bit of your uh, customers outside of the states. So you, you do have international markets. Do you see that as a, uh, more of an area of growth than, and then work here in the states? That's a hard one to tell, too, a okay. little bit at this point. I think the we've definitely seen the, the effects of the well-publicized trade oh, situation wow. between U.S. and China. And in terms of its effect on, on CapEx in particular uh, in the international markets. So I would say that once, hopefully, if that gets resolved, then we should see things start to loosen up in that respect. There have been a lot of folks that also that have already committed to making changes in their global supply chains, obviously, as we've seen from you know uh, companies opening new manufacturing facilities here in the U.S. to try to sort of get around that issue. So it's very hard to say how all that's going to shake out, but I, I think that's that is going to be a key for the uh, the industrial sectors anyway for the for the international markets over the next let's say you know year two years depending on how long this takes to to get uh, figured out. And well, that's interesting with in a little bit of the trade weeds here, but the the, the USMCA agreement does that help you guys any? The it's it does in in that it keeps the. The threat of high tariffs, or they don't like to use the word tariffs, when you have a trade agreement in place, they normally refer to them as taxes, high taxes on your products, uh, so going to Mexico or, or going to Canada. So uh, that definitely helps. We're, we're always happy to see that. I mean, we like to see the, the expansion of, uh, of the trade agreements, not just here in North America, but obviously we like to see more in Europe, India, and Brazil would be two others where you currently have very high import duties and, and taxes. Yeah. So I guess, again, I, I think we talked to a lot of people. I mean, the global marketplace is where you got to be. And, mm -hmm. and I think any kind of effort to make sure that that can be easier to access is probably the better, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Bob, we appreciate your time this morning to talk to a little bit about uh, Hopper Flow products. And I guess you guys are committed to being here in Elizabeth City. Is any indications that you might want to go elsewhere or you want to just stay here and grow? No, have no interest in going anywhere else. We're, we're comfortable where we are right now. The, in terms of expanding our facilities here, we've got a little bit of room left. There is a little bit of uh, acreage available nearby.
we needed to to uh, expand our uh, facilities, we we have looked at expanding our office facility here out to the to the yard. Actually, it's behind where you're sitting right now. So we have uh, taken that into consideration, and I'm sure at some point that that's going to become an issue. And though it doesn't seem like a big issue now, I'm sure when it happens, it'll be you know nothing short of a crisis. But you know that's just the way business goes. <laughs> yeah, well, I know the people in Elizabeth City will be happy with that. And I don't think we talked about this. I think you had mentioned that uh, Elizabeth City kind of reached out to Mr. Hoffer early on to kind of get you here in the first place, right? Yeah, he, uh, Ken and his family had, had vacationed on the Outer Banks for many years, like a lot of folks from uh, the Northeast. And when he had decided that he had to move out of New Jersey in order to be able to have uh, the space to, to build his own facilities, uh, manufacturing plant, he took a very scientific method. He basically knew all the little the little cities here along the uh, the inner banks, as it's referred to these days, and he started mailing letters to you know, the various towns up and down this part of the, the coast, Elizabeth City being one of them. And uh, Elizabeth City responded very positively and were willing to make some nice offers for him in terms of, of coming here and, and setting up. And so, yeah, that's that's really how he ended up selecting it was just some familiarity with the area and and started making inquiries. Well, I'm sure that they're looking forward to maybe another 50 years of business here. And again, we appreciate uh, your support of the area and and the work that you do here at Hoffer Flow. And thank you for talking with us again. My pleasure. And again, thank you very much for coming here today. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clockingin.org.